Another state disqualifies former President Donald Trump from the primary ballot. From NPR, this is Trump's Trials. I'm Scott Detrick. This is a persecution. Felony violations for national security laws. We need one more indictment. Criminal conspiracy. To close out this election. He actually just stormed out of the courtroom. Innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. We have a bonus episode for you to start the new year, because a few days ago, Maine became the second state to remove former President Donald Trump's name from the Republican primary ballot. In a moment, you'll hear my interview with the Secretary of State who made the decision to do so. First, a little context. Maine is now the second state to disqualify Trump from appearing on a primary ballot, and that raises the pressure on the U.S. Supreme Court to settle the question of whether this is legal. Maine Secretary of State Shanna Bellows made the decision to disqualify Trump, and she, like Colorado's state Supreme Court before her, believed that Trump violated Section 3 of the Constitution's 14th Amendment, which states in part that individuals who, quote, engage in insurrection or rebellion should be disqualified from holding office. But also like the Colorado ruling, the decision by Maine Secretary of State is on pause pending expected appeals from Trump and his legal team, and this makes it almost inevitable that at some point, the U.S. Supreme Court will have a final say about whether Trump is eligible to hold office. When we come back, we'll hear from Bellows. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Integrative Therapeutics, with vitamins and supplements previously available only through practitioners, including Cortisol Manager. Unlock your best self with clinician-curated supplements from Integrative Therapeutics, now on Amazon. This message comes from NPR sponsor Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million order stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash TT. Do you ever wish you could get your stories in three hours rather than three minutes? Or maybe you're sick of doom scrolling, getting your news in bits and pieces. That is where Embedded comes in. We bring you documentary series that will change the way you think about things. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. So how did you define engaging in insurrection here? Well, let's back up for your listeners first and make sure that everyone understands that Maine law is, to my knowledge, different from every other state. Under Maine law, uh, when I qualified Mr. Trump for the ballot, any registered voter had the right to challenge that qualification. Five voters did so, including two former Republican state senators. And then I was required under the statute, under the law, to hold a hearing and issue a decision and do so within a very Mm -hmm. compressed timeline. So this wasn't something I initiated, but is something that's required under Maine election law. Sure. So the question came to you, but it puts you in the position of, of weighing a really serious question with big consequences that's in front of a lot of state courts right now. And that is this question of whether the attempt to overturn the election and what happened on January 6th was insurrection. How did you think about that key question? So I reviewed very carefully uh, the hearing proceedings and the weight of the evidence presented to me at the hearing. And that evidence made clear Uh, First, that 
Those events of January 6, 2021, and, and we all witnessed them, they were unprecedented. They were tragic. But they were an attack not only upon the Capitol and government officials, but also an attack on the rule of law, on the peaceful transfer of power. And the evidence presented at the hearing demonstrated that they occurred at the behest of and with the knowledge and support of the outgoing president. And the United States Constitution does not tolerate an assault on the foundations of our government. And under Maine election law, I was required to act in response. And I understand, like, as you've pointed out, this is the way the system is set up. You are put in the position of making this ruling. But I do want to ask about some of the specific criticism that has come your way following this ruling. Maine Congressman Jared Golden is somebody who uh, voted to impeach Trump for what he did on January 6th. He made it clear he doesn't want to see him in office again. But he said, we are a nation of laws. Therefore, until Trump is actually found guilty of the crime of insurrection, he should be allowed on the ballot. What's your response to that line of criticism? So I encourage people to read my decision and also read very carefully Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. It doesn't say Uh convict. It doesn't say uh, convicted or impeached. But furthermore, here's what's very, very important. In my decision, I made clear this is part of Maine's process. It now goes to Maine's Superior Court. Mr. Trump may and, and will appeal to Superior Court. Then it goes to the Maine Supreme Judicial Court and then to the U.S. Supreme Court. And I voluntarily suspended the effect of my decision pending that court process because we are a nation governed by the Constitution and the rule of law. And that is extraordinarily important. So I can't agree more with Representative Golden that it's the rule of law that matters. And in Maine, under our election laws, the only recourse for the voters seeking to challenge Mr. Trump's qualifications was to bring that challenge to the Secretary of State, to me, and I was required to do my job to hold a hearing to review the evidence and issue a decision, and that begins the process in our state. Do you think the U.S. Supreme Court needs to take this question up? We would certainly welcome the United States Supreme Court uh, to make this clear. And you mentioned that your ruling is on hold for the moment. Same applies to what the state Supreme Court did in Colorado. How quickly do you in Maine, as the person who oversees elections in Maine, how quickly do you need clarification from the U.S. Supreme Court in order to move forward for the primary? Under federal law, all our military and overseas voters, sometimes called Yokava voters, are eligible to receive their ballots 45 days prior to the presidential primary, which in Maine is on March 5th. So here in Maine, uh, those voters are eligible to receive their ballots uh, on January 20th. So the courts are compelled by a very compressed timeline as well here in our state. And I am hopeful we'll have resolution. I do want to ask your response to one other line of criticism from from, uh, former President Trump's legal team and many Republicans saying this is just partisan, pointing out you're a Democrat, uh, arguing that this is just a partisan attempt to take him down in a moment when he's leading in many polls. What is your response to that? Because it's been a clear part of the narrative for several days. Politics and my personal views played no role. I swore an oath to uphold the Constitution, and that is what I did. And I will tell you, my house was swatted on Friday night. And the, you know, I stand by doing my job, but Mm -hmm. the response, the threats of violence and threatening communications have been unacceptable. Do you have extra security at this point in time? There have been other threats as well. Law enforcement has been incredible. They have been so supportive of me in this time. 
I feel safe and I will continue to do my job and, and mm-hmm. uphold my oath to, that I swore to the Constitution because mm-hmm. that comes first. That's Maine Secretary of State, Shanna Bellows. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we'll be back later this week with another episode of Trump's Trials. Thank you again to our supporters who hear the show sponsor-free. If it's not you, it could be. Sign up at plus.npr.org or subscribe on the show page in Apple Podcast. The show is produced by Tyler Bartlam and edited by Adam Rainey and Steve Drummond. Our technical director is Kwesi Lee. Our executive producers are Beth Donovan and Sammy Yenigan. Eric Maripodi is NPR's vice president of news programming. I'm Scott Detrow. Thanks for listening to Trump's Trials from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Stearns & Foster. Every Stearns & Foster mattress is handcrafted for irresistible comfort with indulgent memory foam and ultra-conforming IntelliCoils for your most comfortable sleep. Learn more at stearnsandfoster.com. This advertisement comes from our paid sponsor, Fundrise. High interest rates mean that real estate assets are available at a discount compared to previous valuations. The Fundrise flagship fund plans to expand its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. Add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio at fundrise.com NPR. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund before investing. Read the prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest, and a light Q&A. But on Wildcard, we have ripped up the typical script. It's a new podcast from NPR where I invite actors, artists, and comedians to play a game using a special deck of cards to talk about some of life's biggest questions. Listen to Wildcard wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR.